0: Act one, low birth weight puppies. So the first one is Sid, our tiny baby puppy. Remember the tiny puppy? Yeah. Yeah, Tiny Sid. Who is now? Scarlet. Scarlet. So Sid was born, she was three and a half ounces, I think. I think she was three and a half ounces. If that. If that. And our normal is eight to 12, I would say. Eight, eight and a half to 12 ounces. So she was just tiny. Tiny tiny. And, you know, she came out and she suckled right away, which for us is a threshold, right? That they have to nurse. They have to want to nurse. You know, people kept asking me, is she gonna make it? Of course, you know, Facebook, everybody, the the little one. I mean, yeah, it's heartbreaking. And why not? And why not? And I kept saying, I don't know. You know, there's no I kept saying, not only don't I know, I said, There's no way to know. There's no way to know. But she's nursing, so that she's crossed that she's crossed that uh, threshold, she's nursing, but I don't know. And then, you know, the days went by, and she did okay. We had some issues with her getting cold, that was a problem. She would get cold because of her body size was so little, and probably also blood sugar was, you know, more of an issue because of the, the small body size. So, you know, I did make sure that she, I defended her, made sure she got a good place on the teat. I Provided an extra heat source for her. So I always made sure she was snuggled into a a warm neck warmer. Velvet would be kind of upset by her sometimes. And, you know, a lot of breeders will say, you know, mother knows best. It's nature if she's rejecting it. But, you know, here's the thing about that is that many times the dam will be rejecting a puppy just because it's, a little cold or a little, the body temperature is a little bit lower, even if it's not totally chilled or the blood sugar might not be quite right. And these are things that are really, there's nothing inherently wrong with a puppy. It's just that the small body size, it it chilled easier. So, you know, I was working hard to keep her warm and then, but it was really still from time to time upsetting to Velvet. So I tried to sneak her out of the box That didn't work because Velvet knew she was missing and she went nuts. So, you know, it was kind of a catch 22, darned if you do and darned if you don't. And I I will be honest, it was getting to the point for Mark and I where it was so upsetting and disruptive to Velvet and the rest of the litter that we were worried that the rest of the puppies in Velvet were suffering and we. You know, I I was right on the edge of just like, I just don't even know. This puppy's so tiny. Is she going to make it? And it's upsetting everyone. And maybe we're doing the wrong thing to keep her alive. Because she also was scrawny and just terrible looking. And, you know, but she was nursing. And then right after that, she sort of turned a corner. I don't know if you remember that, honey, but she sort of turned a corner. And she just started gaining and doing a lot better. And Velvet settled down. Yeah. You know, but I still was sort of in the dark about if she was going to make it and if she did make it, you know, more specifically, <laughs> was she going to be normal? Was she going to be neurologically normal? I mean, what what were we looking at here with this puppy? You know, what kind of possible defects? I you know, I just I didn't know, but she moved normally, she nursed normally, she was strong. So there we were. So now comes my part about the story, and my story, and how my story almost kept me from learning something. So we put up pictures of her all the time. Of course, every she had a whole following. And somebody said, isn't her head abnormally large? And I very reflexively said, no, no, bull terriers have big heads. They have big heads. That, that's how they look. And, you know, it's true. Bull terriers do have big heads in comparison to their bodies. And, in fact, there's a great article uh, by Winky McKay-Smith on type in the bull terrier where she specifically talks about it and says it's one of the things that artists tend to get wrong and judges, too, when they're judging or drawing bull terriers is proportionately the head is large. It's what gives them that care. They almost look like they're going to tip over onto their heads. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. they do. They almost look like, you know, those uh, fish eye things when you're looking through it and the head's really big and the body's little. I mean, that's, you know, not that extreme, but that's sort of the effect. It's, It's the head is big. But here's the thing. That puppy, the head was really big and the body was really scrawny, but I just... You know, I had this strong thing in my head, almost reflexive, like no 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 no, no, no. The the head's supposed to be big because that's my tribe, right? I'm a bull terrier fancier and I know and you don't know and the head's big and it's supposed to be big. And I just even though at the time I remember looking at it and thinking, yeah, her head is big, my, my just knee jerk was no, no, that that's normal. But then this woman, Patty Brill Harbison, who's very smart, wrote in and said oh no, that's IUGR, it's normal. And in fact, it's asymmetrical IUGR, she's going to be fine. So of of course I'm like, well, what the heck is IUGR and what's going on? So IUGR is intrauterine growth restriction. And what it means is that the animal, human or puppy, somehow had growth restriction in utero. And there's a lot of reasons it can happen. But basically, there's asymmetrical and symmetrical. Symmetrical is where the puppy is born proportionately small. It's like a perfect little puppy, but it's just small. And then you have asymmetrical, where the puppy is born, and it's a little bit of a Frankenstein puppy. It has a ginormous head and a scrawny little body with no subcutaneous fat. It almost looks like wasted away like a little old man. And, you know, so those puppies, those asymmetrical puppies, really are not as attractive. The, the little tiny ones look nicer. But here's the crazy thing. When it's symmetrical, so those good-looking little tiny ones, that means it happened probably in the first half of the pregnancy. And the prognosis is actually worse for those puppies, ironically, because in the first half of the pregnancy is when the, uh, the neural tube is being formed. And that is when you get profound birth defects. And if, if, if there's any growth restriction during that time for any reason, <clears throat> it, it can have profound effects developmentally and neurologically on the puppy, because fundamentally that whole system is being formed then. In fact, with certain kinds of defects in humans, like thalidomide, the thalidomide babies, the, the, that, that it was a drug that they gave to women that just, you know, caused horrible defects. With thalidomide babies, they can actually tell exactly when the exposure was, by the defect They're, they actually have like a, a chart so you can say well, if it's legs it happened at this time if it's because each of these things it's a critical period for the formation of each of these things and if anything happens any growth restriction any toxins it will affect profoundly for the rest of the life the animal as opposed to when it happens in the second half the fundamental embryo has been formed so now what happens is the puppy can go to what we call brain sparing strategy. So the body basically is wasted at the expense of the brain. So so the puppy will develop neurologically normal or the baby because it's the same thing in humans. So when you have that puppy that's born that just looks like Again, a Frankenstein puppy, scrawny little body, big head, that actually is a good indicator because it means that probably neurologically that puppy has a better chance of growing up normally. So your cute little puppies with all the you know regular chubby little tiny puppy, and that puppy not as not as good a chance of living. So, you know, now I could say to people, hey, you know what? Actually. I think her chances are pretty good. <laughs> and in fact, she's doing great right now. She's already got barn hunt titles. You know, she's been to some dog shows. Man, were you wrong? Yeah. Uh, was I wrong? Was I wrong? And was my story ever so strong that even as my eyes were seeing it and my brain was even registering like, yeah, no, that puppy doesn't look good, my mouth or fingers were typing. No, no, that's normal. That's normal because because this is my story. My story is that my pup, you know, bull terriers have big heads. What do you think about that, honey? Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand what you're saying. Was this public? Everybody saw your response? Mm-hmm. And somebody had the courage to step up and say, actually, you're wrong. Yep. This is what it is. Yep. Well, she, yeah, she didn't say, well, you're wrong. She said, this is what this is. And, well, no, and did, I, and I really didn't say physically or yeah, you know, yeah. verbally you're wrong, but she says, no, you're wrong. Right, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, that's, you know, it's in a public form and you're like, whoa, I'm, you know, but I, for me, I think here's the thing. Once you take that step to saying when someone puts out something that shows me that I actually am wrong for me. Now that I have this mindset of being wrong as growth, I'm like, "Wow, Patty, thank you. That's amazing. I did not know that." So that now becomes for me a position of strength because you have a little bit of freedom, I guess, too, huh? You have to worry about being right all the time. You don't have to. Well, it's you know because being listen, anybody who comes and tells you I'm right all the time, this is the way it is, and you just do what I do, and what I do is the right thing run from that person because they don't know what they're talking about can't be no it's just not because if you're never you know listen the world is growing knowledge grows every day we know more every day so so that was our little puppy story that we learned a lot about